Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Round Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series, and with us on the line uh, is the CEO of AmericanAsset.com, Julian Rubenstein. Julian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Why don't you kick us off, Bud, and give us the elevator pitch about American Asset. What are you guys up to over there? Oh, thank you. Yes, American Asset Management. We're located in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, we are an investment advisor for individuals like yourself. Um, one thing that makes us special, we have a very low minimum. It's only $100,000 to become a client. So we have a very s- small barrier to entry. Um, and one thing that sets us apart is all of our client accounts look the same because it looks exactly like my account. I manage everyone's account just like my own. I eat my own cooking. So you know that I have skin in the game and I'm going to be very careful in what I do. That's yeah. the elevator pitch. Beautiful. Eating your own cooking is much better than eating your own dog food. I'm going to stick with your saying instead. <laughs> so that's funny, man. That's interesting. Cool, Matt. Look, why don't you kick it, or tell us a little bit about uh, you know your story of fail for our audience around the world today? You wanted the story about what? Uh, the story of fail. Of fail. Well, we yeah. talked about that right at the beginning. So I'm fortunate that I really have not failed. But before that sounds too egotistical, I have missed some great opportunities. So I would call those failures. Um, in the middle of my career, I had the opportunity to join Sun Capital Partners as a partner, um, one of the three founding partners. And after a year and a half, I made the very intelligent decision they would not be successful and left to go on to do something else. And now they're one of the largest uh, private equity firms in the country managing over $10 billion. So that was a huge miss on my part. Mm-hmm. Why did you say no out of curiosity? What was the reason for that? Was it timing or did you not get a sense for the guy who was building this yeah, key it, firm? It's all timing. I I had just sold the business for a lot of money and was you know pretty well off. They were starting and it was a lot of really heavy lifting to get it started. So we were at two different points in our career. Had I started with them at the same stage, I probably would have stayed. But um, it was just, just wrong timing. Yeah. And I take my hats off to the guys because they've been very, very successful. What role has timing played in your successes, uh, Julian? It's a great question. Timing is everything. When I graduated college, I went to work for a company that made consumer plumbing products, just as Home Depot started. And we latched onto the Home Depot account right away. That's, that's great, right? That's perfect timing. Had we started five years earlier, we would not have been successful. And if we had started probably five years later, we would have miss, missed it. Because at the time when Home Depot started, people, manufacturers would not sell to them. Back then, everything went through distribution. Nothing went direct. And Home Depot wanted to buy direct. So we agreed to sell them direct, got the account right away, and the rest is history. Hmm. So what did that teach you walking away from that opportunity? What's the lesson that you hang on to looking back now? Um, you know, it's a good question because you could argue that I made the right decision with the information I had at the time and playing Monday morning quarterback is always very easy. Um, so I'm not sure if I would have made a different decision at that time. Mm. I could just be bad, as you say, bad timing. Right. And, um, if I could, if I could give you the keys to the Matt Brown show time machine and you could go back to that meeting and do things differently, what would you do differently and why? Um, oh, definitely. I would have been, I think we should have had better communication of what I felt was going wrong, what was not going right, and sat down and tried to put a game plan together that was more focused in the way I wanted to go. So I guess the, as you're walking me through it, you, you, 
I learned that you can't be afraid to communicate, right? You have to, you have to not be afraid of confrontation. I think maybe that's really the take home. Had I been more confident as I am today, I would have maybe sat down and said, this isn't working for me. These are the things we have to change if I'm going to stay here, as opposed to just saying, you know what, let's just part company. Yeah, I sometimes find that, uh, you know, we, we just say no <clears throat> automatically for some, for some reason to many things without really taking the time to pull on the string, you know, see, well, hang on, where does this thing actually go? So we dismiss opportunities sometimes straight out of hand without giving ourselves the opportunity to actually see where the string might lead. And I think the problem when, when people do fail in, or pass up opportunities you know, at the, at the moment in time, they're afraid. Maybe they're afraid. There's a financial commitment they don't want to make, or there's a work commitment they don't want to make. But maybe what they need to do is say, "But what? What? How big? Uh, how big could this really be? And is it really? You know, maybe I should give it more time, or I should give it a go." But I mean, I told you before, another successful deal I missed out on was someone asked me to invest a hundred thousand dollars, which, while that's a lot of money, it may it may not be if it's going to be a very successful product. Um, so, you know, I just weighed that who wants to lose a hundred grand, but maybe I should have looked at, wow, because as I told you, it would be worth tens of millions today. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's your advice to other CEOs or entrepreneurs in terms of the importance of failing in business success? Well, look, if, if you if you never fail, that means you've never tried, right? So you have to fail or you're not trying. That's, but I thought, so I'm sure you've mentioned that on your show many times. Failure is not a bad thing. It really isn't. You just got to learn from each failure. You got to sit down and dissect what mistakes you made. Like, for example, although it's not business, I got divorced and it was not a good divorce. So I failed in that. But I learned a lot of lessons and what I did wrong. Not that I'm ever getting divorced again, but, you know, I still took I still took home lessons from that that I'm sure will help me in my other business ventures. Mm. Um, the, uh, the, the divorce, how much of your entrepreneurial world contributed to, to that outcome? I found that a lot of CEOs who do get divorced, oftentimes they fail in the sense of trying to get that balance right between the pursuits of their vision for their company and the world and the contribution that they want to make, um, and, you know, versus kids and the personal demands as well. And, and trying to get that balance, uh, you know, right is a very hard thing to do. Um, I've seen that. That wasn't the case in my case, just because I um, I sold one company very early in my career. So I was able to spend the time with my kids. In fact, that actually, when you asked me about the opportunity that I left, one of the reasons was I was traveling in an immense amount of time. I was away from the family a lot. And that was I even forgot about that till you mentioned it. it was one of the driving reasons that I passed on it because I wanted to be there with the kids and watch them grow up. Mm. So, again, maybe I. As I said to you earlier, it was a mistake to walk away, but maybe with this, the information I had at the time, it was the right decision. Yeah, it's interesting when you always look back, it's like, ah, oh, you know, the, the, the choice was so clear, right? The hindsight's always a twenty twenty thing um, in, in, you know, in hindsight. Uh, but when you're in it, sometimes you're stuck inside the bottle and you can't read the label. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of like difficult to get the right perspective when you're stuck in it. Um, yes. you know, and, and that's really the, I suppose the role of mentors and friends and, and family and people to say, Hey, <laughs> you know, don't do that thing. You've got to spend more time with your kids or whatever, you know? Well, I think it's also helpful, which I never really had, but I think everyone should strive to have their own personal board of directors or join something like YPO where you can share your challenges 
and get other intelligent people who, while they have an interest because they care about you, they don't have a financial interest, so they're going to give you an honest answer. And the, But then the key is to, you're not always going to hear what you want to hear. You got to sometimes learn to listen to what you don't want to hear. Mm, absolutely. Um, are there any books or tools or resources that you recommend other CEOs use on their journey? Um, you know, actually, the only book that I recommend is not really for management, it's more for um, finance. There's a book called um, Fail Safe Investing, F-A-I-L, Safe Investing by Harry Brown. Um, and I think everybody should read that book. If anyone at any age, it's the, it's the easiest, simplest book that you'll read to teach you about investing. And it's a very quick 20 minute read. That's the book I give to all my clients. I make my kids read it. It's a really great book. Mm-hmm. What's uh, one of the key takeaways from that book? The key takeaway from that book is that the only way you're going to get wealthy is to work really hard. You're not going to get wealthy gambling or investing. And that to always understand that the wealth you create from working, do whatever it takes not to lose it. Hmm. Be respectful of how hard you work for it and don't gamble it away. Yeah, and that's a hard thing, right? Stay in your lane. There's always the shiny new yes. object over there, right? New cars, yes. sunk cost, baby. <laughs> well, look, uh, Julian, thank you so much for being on the show and, and uh, for sharing. Yeah, man, for sharing your story. Interesting, interesting failures, actually, like saying no to deals that could have been huge for you. There was this funny story. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it was Matt Damon. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with the film uh, Avatar. So when James Cameron was uh, initially casting, you know, for the for the lead actor and stuff, um, basically Matt Damon was finishing up the Bourne legacy, you know, like the Bourne, okay. you know, did all stuff. Um, and so James Cameron phoned Matt Damon and he said, "Look, you know, I'm prepared to give you 10% of Avatar if you will sign up and do and become the lead actor in this." Um, and so Matt Damon unfortunately said no. And we all know what happened with Avatar. <laughs> we were like the world's biggest movie franchise like ever. Um, and so, you know, it cost him, you know, in theory, hundreds of millions of dollars if he had just said yes. But he was, and the funny part was, he was just, they were basically in post-production on, on the Born Identity or the Born Legacy sort of, you know, trilogy or whatever. Um, and they were doing reshoots. So it wasn't even like he was busy actively on it. It was right. like in case he had to reshoot a fight scene. <laughs> so so that's what cost him all his money. So anyway. Uh, but, I, can uh, say, just, I can add to that. I actually met Don Simpson. I, I don't know if you know, do you know who that is? No, he's that. So Jerry Bruckenheimer, the famous producer, his uh, partner was Don Simpson. They did Top Gun together. Okay. And I met Jerry out at a spa. And they would they were just going to start filming um, Days of Thunder with Cruz. Mm. And um, uh, he, Don Simpson says to me, Bruckenheimer's wrong. This Cruz guy is never going to be successful. He got lucky. I'm not in the deal. I'm out. Oh <laughs> so he walked away from the Tom, Tom Cruise franchise. <laughs> God, see, hindsight's again. <laughs> there it is. Hindsight <laughs> sucks. <laughs> me, this Cruz guy is not going to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my word. That's funny. And on that bombshell, it is time to end. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you for that. All right, everyone. Ciao.